So I've been sick with COVID this week, which has given me a lot of time to uh, really spend time and examine a different type of magical girl from a certain point of view. Please. Uh, yeah, I have been with Jesse Faden mm. of the Federal Bureau of Control, who, when you think about it, is a bit like a magical girl, okay. you know? When you think about it, because <laughs> of, you know, if you, if you think about it, she does get trinkets that grant her powers. And how is this different than Sailor Moon? I ask you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's. Um, there are differences, but I, I can see the connection there. Yeah, she has a friend in her head that uh, helps her mm-hmm. along. And mm-hmm. that's true. And she's, you know, once she becomes director, she has an outfit change. And, you know, uh-huh. uh, she mm-hmm. has a lot of responsibility with being the director of the Federal Bureau of Control. Yeah. And that's true. And everybody loves how that game opens. And uh, it's Jesse Faden waking up being, I'm a 37-year-old woman. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I... Uh, uh, she has to run, you know, she sort of explains her family situation that both of her parents are dead. She has a younger brother and then she has to run to mm-hmm. class. <laughs> before, yeah, exactly. the game actually starts. Everybody loves that famous opening to control. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are here talking about magical girls today. This is a sud- in Sakuga. We are in the Magical Girl Tournament. I'm Lexi, your anime Sherlock. She, her pronouns, by the way. And I am your anime Watson Holden, he, him pronouns. And hi, I'm your anime Velma, uh, Alice, and I use she and Faye pronouns. I uh, so appreciate that we agreed that Velma is not only a detective, uh, but that the whole Scooby-Doo canon are all detectives. Of course they are. I mean, Mm -hmm. they've solved so many mysteries. They've... Uh, finished so many cases so many cases they absolutely deserve the title of detective every single one i think that's only fair scooby-doo detective do detective so i guess (laughs) (laughs) detective do yeah yeah of course uh well i'm very excited we are uh both very excited to have you here alice uh we this is our magical girl bracket uh i'm not sure if you are familiar with how we go about picking the next anime to talk about for a season's worth, but we do like to pit them uh, against each other to see which one will uh, make it all the way through uh, by the end and uh, round out my anime education, which is somewhat lacking. Yeah, um, and we thought it would be good to have someone who is more of an expert on the magical girl genre than even I am, who is more of an all-arounder when it comes to anime things um yeah i'm happy to be here i am super passionate about the magical girl genre 
so much that it is my soul branding on the internet. <laughs> and, and this is why you're the expert here. We, we felt the need to consult uh, a true expert. Uh, most of the time for our episodes, I bring nothing to the table except to go, wow, that's pretty neat. Uh, where Lexi gets to talk to me about stuff, but uh, it's better uh, to have a professional that Lexi can bounce off of when I uh, eventually make my ill-informed decisions here, so. It'll also be really good because um, it's it's widely known that I am, uh, I have strong opinions in this bracket, and uh, it would be good to have someone to uh, uh, to bounce off of and like have more more balanced takes that's cool. true we're always saying how objective we are on this podcast um actually no i when i invited i made it very clear that i'm not going to be objective i am also very biased <laughs> about these series well, oh I, no. oh no i'm very biased here as well it's dissenting opinion it's okay. opposing opinions yeah. mm-hmm. as long as you're both pulling me in two different directions um, I'm sure that'll that makes for great radio. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just I just need conflict in my in my arc here. So okay, yeah, two conflicting vectors creating a third vector. I've done that oh, in absolutely. physics class. <laughs> absolutely. Um, uh, and we should so we should dive right into our bracket here, mm-hmm. and we are starting off with what I think are two of the more iconic um, and quintessential examples of the magical girl genre sailor moon and card captor sakura so so much so that i even know about sailor moon that's the one i feel like people know about if yeah. you mm-hmm. do not watch a lot of anime absolutely i would definitely say that sailor moon is the most iconic magical girl show especially in america yeah um in japan maybe the precure series but probably not that's just yeah. one that goes on and on and on and gets a new season every year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't actually know a whole lot about the Pretty Cure series. I see it bubble up on my timeline a whole lot. But outside of that, I don't know a, a lot. It's, I know it's huge and huge things uh, kind of terrify me. So I've never really dived in just like I've never really dived into One Piece. That's incredibly fair. Um, uh, My understanding is I also haven't watched a lot of Pretty Cure because there is just so much of it and I'm never sure where to start. And also I have ADHD, so it's hard to stick with something. Oh my gosh, that's Um, That's a a mountain is what it is. But for the most part, Pretty Cures are distinct seasons. So you can pick one. Okay. Like you can just pick up the most recent one that's airing and you don't need to have a backlog of information. Okay. That's that's so it's... helpful for me personally. <laughs> I mean, it's well, kind of like Power Rangers in that way where you don't need to know all the other Power Rangers oh, to watch oh. the most recent Power Rangers. But it's not like Power Rangers in the way that Sentai and Magical Girls are different things and when people conflate them together, I get a little frustrated. <laughs> well, see this okay, so okay. I'm a big Power Rangers guy. Uh mm-hmm. And I have yet to watch any uh, Sentai stuff, uh, which I feel like really appealed to me. But I did notice as we were going through these, uh, a guy who has only seen Power Rangers before. I'm getting a lot of Power Ranger vibes from this. Um, So I'd love to I'd love for you to sort of walk me through the the differences 
Um, what frustrates you about conflating them both? Um, so I could also be off base here because I'm not super into Power Rangers and other Sentai shows. Uh, I was not allowed to watch them as a kid because they were too violent, which means I watched about 30 episodes of the original Power Rangers <laughs> without my parents' knowledge. Of course. Um, but Magical Girl as a genre is fairly unique in that it is pro-girl. Yeah. Uh, it's about girls finding power through things which are traditionally feminine and thus traditionally devalued and also finding power between their connections with each other and their other friends and drawing strength on that. Uh, as a series, it's very much something that's about protecting the people you care about and the place you live. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's in Power Rangers too, but also there's more of, I feel there's more of a focus on the girls growing throughout the series than in Power Rangers where it's kind of... Uh, episode of the week okay really doesn't have much effect later on sure i i would not say even if we talk about later seasons in power rangers i would not say mighty morphin power rangers uh there are many character arcs in that show <laughs> uh, i i it's interesting that you you bring up this sort of using uh, your friends as a as a like a foundation of strength, uh, because I feel like all of these shows, maybe not all of them, but they they are very team based. Like there is a team of magical girls. Um, yeah, we we see a decent amount of uh, the the trope of like starting the anime the mm -hmm. magical girl show with uh building a a team that is gonna you know go and do the uh, adventures and fight the monsters and all of that good stuff and like we see the beginnings of those relationships and uh how they are finding each other yeah i like a i like a team-based show you know that's interesting to me now that i would say back to sailor moon Cardcaptor Sakura. I mm -hmm. this Sailor Moon. Obviously, there's a we didn't see it in our the two episodes that we watched. I know that there is an expanded roster of sailors. Yeah, um, the Sailor Scouts. The Sailor Scouts. Excuse, uh, pardon me. Um, <laughs> it is a sort of foundational text, Sailor Moon. I know it's not the original, but I would say maybe a good jumping off point. Yeah, quintessential would be Sailor Moon. Would agree? Disagree? Yeah, it Yeah, it's... I think if your goal is to learn about magical girls as a genre, uh Sailor Moon is like a really good series to start with, especially since it's something that is referenced so widely even outside the magical girl genre, like even recently on Rick and Morty they made a joke about <laughs> Sailor Moon. So it it has <laughs> cultural impact that Yeah, the vibrations are still being felt. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that I liked the first two episodes of Sailor Moon more. <laughs> That's incredibly yeah. fair. It, um, I think of the four of the shows that we're looking at, it definitely has the slowest pacing. Uh, Sailor Moon has, uh, I think it's like 200 episodes total. Mm -hmm. Right. For the TV it, run. Oh. It, it really takes its time before it starts getting going i don't think sailor mercury shows up until episode seven 
Yeah. Oh, boy. See, yeah, it has a pretty big ramp Hmm. up. This is the thing. This is all that's holding me back on Sailor Moon because I know that it's foundational. Um, But I also wonder if it's one of those things where I had, like, I, we're far enough away from it and so many things have been influenced by it. It's kind of like you get, you watch through it and you're like, oh, okay. Like it's, it's more about seeing where other things take their inspiration from rather than maybe enjoying it as in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but there is a lot of stuff in Sailor Moon that isn't going to come out of just the cultural osmosis of things. There's so much of it that, uh, that you aren't going to get all the finer details, or at the very least, you aren't going to be able to see, mm-hmm. you see all of the thing, all the references that are being made until you get to that episode. Until, okay. Yeah. On the flip side, I, I did really enjoy Cardcaptor Sakura. I thought that was a fun, fun dynamic for a show. And it's also got like a catch them all, mm-hmm. you know. It- <laughs> It is. Vibe. It does kind of have a little bit of a Pokemon type flavor to it, uh, with all of the cards. <laughs> um, but it uh, uh, it's one of the things that kind of compels me about uh, Card Captor Sakura is all of the powers, all of the cards, the Cloud cards, um, and like the imagery of Cloud cards being very similar to Tarot cards. Uh, something that I'm very heavily interested in is uh is that so yeah the collection of the cloud cards is like a an interesting bit of the show i think yeah there's mm-hmm. a, there's a sense a uh, sense of building your arsenal or abilities with cards that you collect which is kind of fun very also kind of Yu-Gi-Oh-esque, i guess <laughs> the only other uh kids wb anime that i watched so yeah i mean i guess you could say that card captor sakura is foundational to the deck building genre of stories <laughs> yeah uh-huh that was mostly a joke but yeah i um, listen i i listen <laughs> let's maybe just let's have the the offshoot right now let's just make the genre let's just build yeah decks. yeah yeah let's go um yeah the interesting thing about card captor sakura is uh while sailor moon is very prototypical of most magical girl shows car captor sakura is very divergent from that Mm -hmm. um it focuses on mostly sakura she gets support from friends you meet more people later on in the show who she will have uh friendly and rivalry relationships with um but what particularly struck me and reminded me when i rewatched the first two episodes is uh in a lot of magical girl shows the girls are granted powers to defend against an outside force that is endangering people. Mm. Sakura is cleaning up a mess that she made. Yeah, the the whole releasing all the cloud cards is a bit of a There's twist a on things. Much different vibe to it. Like, yeah. it's not that the cloud cards are inherently malicious and scheming. They're just... They're just loose. things. They're just loose and... Like, if you let a tiger out in a school, yeah, the tiger's going to cause problems and you got to catch it for its own safety. But it's not an evil tiger that's seeking to harm people. Yeah. That's kind of a cozier vibe 
you mm-hmm. know it's uh it's less a a world threatening problem that you have to head off at the pass and more of a well, it's, uh, well some later say, cards are yeah it can get very kind powerful of, <laughs> not to say that there's not danger involved but at yeah. least it's not like you're gonna go to war with you know whatever faction you know it's, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> a uh it is a at least traceable in that way you you have your your talking animal friend uh who can tell you about all the cards that you let loose yeah and there is like a finite number of cards right yeah you see the deck the when the deck goes loose you gotta get all the cards and when you got the cards it's done sure all the cards will be gotten and then there's no more cards to capture Mm -hmm. um well until later (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah there's uh until clear cards a series that comes later Mm-hmm. Okay. She, I haven't gotten into that yet, but I'm Sakura Sakura drops a second book that was also <laughs> cards. Um I haven't watched uh Clear Card yet, but uh you know, I've heard that it's yeah. pretty good. Um Um one of the things I wanted to talk about with these two shows in particular is the romance of the things cuz like these two shows really emphasize um the romance aspect of the magical girl genre um in ways some of the other ones Mm -hmm. uh don't as heavily get into i would say that every every show that we watched has a component for romance in it oh absolutely um but uh the i think it is like especially evident in magical girl shows uh, uh where it's more subtle in shonen shows because these shows are about girls and like geared towards girls so romance is a huge aspect of their plots and it's not something you see as much in the shonen shows that we've uh, seen here um yeah uh, most shonen shows don't have the main character have soft focus hard eye shots while they gaze sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you this know what? Is... They'd be better for it if they did. They absolutely honestly, would. Honestly, yeah, I kind of agree. Let's. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that would be way funnier for uh, My Hero Academia if vis a vis Raraka? No, I'm not going to be able to remember her name. Uraraka? Is that who you're <laughs> uh, thinking of? We just left my hair academia. The gravity girl. What's her name? Yes, Uraraka. Yes, thank you. Ugh. I keep. I can only think of the the superhero name that I came up with her that one time, and I was like, <laughs> "It's I can't. No one will know what I mean if I say that." Um. Okay, I difficult to pick between these two because it it truly mm-hmm. is because I f- already feel like. And correct me if I'm wrong, but just based off of the episode and what, like, I know generally about Sailor Moon and the epi- the two episodes I watched of Sailor Moon, it definitely feels like Card Captor Sakura is riffing on that already. Mm-hmm. It's already playing with playing with the genre and tropes within that genre to um, some extent. Yeah, that is a concept. Sailor Moon is the earliest series in the bracket. Um. It ran from 92 to 97, and then Sakura ran from 98 to 2000. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, these first two shows are the oldest of the four, and they're also, interestingly, the most fashion-focused. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, the fashion in Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura is phenomenal and impeccable, and you're going <laughs> to see a lot of cool outfits in them. Less so in Madoka Magica, and I don't believe it gets as much in Tokyo Mew Mew. I'm not super familiar yeah, with the show as well. Yeah, I, I haven't watched... I, I haven't watched enough of Tokyo Mew Mew to really mm-hmm. know, but um, I, as far as I'm aware, the fashion is not as big a thing in that show, and it's definitely not a big uh, thing in uh, Madoka, um, but uh, the oh, I'm kicking myself right now. The mangaka of yeah. Sailor Moon is like notably a huge yeah. fashion person. Um, Naoko Takeuchi, like, directly drew from runway fashion when drawing the manga. Yeah, yeah. Just totally... There's, like, at least one or two huge Tumblr blogs pointing out all of the reference photos that inspired fashion in the show Mm -hmm, and the manga. mm -hmm. I feel like you both are really hyping up Sailor Moon. I was so sure that I wasn't going to pick Sailor Moon, but now really? I, I'm really, really weighing my options here. Okay, if I pick Cardcaptor Sakura, would you both think that was a mistake? Would you judge me? No, I wouldn't judge you wholly. Harshly. No, you know I wouldn't judge you Well, wholly. you're my co-host. You have to work with me <laughs> later. Alice doesn't. So Alice, um. Alice is more incentive, to be honest. I wouldn't judge you for choosing Cardcaptor Sakura. I think uh, there's only one show in the bracket that I will judge you if you choose. (laughs) Don't worry about that one. Um, No. (laughs) uh, No, Cardcaptor Sakura is a really great show. It's also uh, a lot shorter than Sailor Moon, so it's probably less of an investment to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, There's... Go ahead. I'd say overall the tone is like lighter and less dire. The stakes aren't as high as they get in Sailor Moon for the most part. Mm-hmm. And there's more, um, I think a bit more emotional focus on like friendship and rivalry and crushes yeah. and all that stuff. And I think, I think it's the flavor that we're shooting for with the, the magical girl. Uh, bracket hmm. our, our tournament arc hmm lots to think oh about uh, I th- I might pick card capture Sakura okay for the for the first win I that was a lot closer than I thought it was gonna be um, <laughs> Sailor Moon I think is is like a really foundational place for me to start yeah mm-hmm. um but since Cardcaptor Sakura follows it so immediately, I kind of wonder if there might not be some 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 crossover there that I maybe would explain the genre as a whole to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like more digestible for the moment. Not that we'll never come back to Sailor Moon. Oh no, we're coming almost, back to Sailor Moon. Almost yeah. certainly not absolutely we are going to have uh, yeah to no matter which one you choose i definitely suggest you watch both of them 
down the line at least. Oh yeah. The, so we'll be doing this podcast forever and we'll never die. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, I will watch it all eventually. Mm-hmm. Even um, though yeah, it's definitely possible to watch all of anime. No, this is definitely no. sustainable yeah. as a format for sure. Um Alright then I think it's I think we go Card Capture Sakura winner for for round one of the bracket. Alright. We'll put it right. down. Cardcaptor Sakura is the winner uh, for this leg of the bracket, which means that we are moving on to the next turn, which is uh, Tokyo Mimu and Madoka Magica. <laughs> yeah, these these shows are gonna be um, interesting. <laughs> uh, so this is I I, I want to get sort of a, a general temperature check from both of you about how you feel. Let's start with Tokyo Mimu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, Tokyo Mimu's, you know, it's, uh, it's a cute show, uh, it's got some real nice vibes, it seems more, it's more of a comedy feel to it, um, I, I like the look of it, um, Ichigo's a fun protagonist, uh, there's lots of humor there with all of her cat stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tokyo Mimu is of the four shows the one that I know the least about um, but no it's a pretty fun and cute show from what I've seen I like the focus on endangered species I think that's an interesting thing to bring to the show yeah that's um, <laughs> it did seem it did seem like maybe we were stretching to get everybody animal themed at some point and they're like how do we bring this bring this around <laughs> and they're like uh what if they're all endangered animals and they're like spiting aliens to save the earth and and I, as a as a concept for a show it's kind of kind of buck wild so i kind of appreciate it's, out there. its dedication to that at least mm-hmm. yeah it's um um yeah uh i didn't mind that one i did not mind tokyo Mimu. it does seem like that is the one we collectively know the least about though yeah it is that um yeah um yeah it, it's tokyo mimi is one of those shows that was uh around when i was a, uh in the age group for it but i never watched a whole lot of it myself um i just kind of missed it but i heard a lot of uh about it is i know there's a big fan base kids wb dub that got on tv um, ye- I'm not sure. Um, it was on Fox. It was the four kids. Oh, oh sorry. I, mi- yeah. I mixed my... No, you're fine. Uh, my children's They're programming up. Fairly interchangeable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I know Tokyo Mimi was very popular. It came out at a time when uh, I was in high school and also didn't have a lot of access to a television, so I never really saw it when it came out. So my experience with it is fairly limited. Yeah, I'm trying to... Well, uh, I... Go um, ahead, Lexi. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when exactly Tokyo Mew Mew came out. Um, I think it was on about when I was in... Um, Like 2002 to 2004-ish in there. Oh, yeah. So I I, around that time, I would have been watching... uh, Watching like saturday morning cartoons i don't i'm not sure why exactly i i missed it on fox kids oh yeah yeah, that 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 kind of explains it for me i wasn't as big of a fox kid 
um growing up <laughs> you didn't like the godzilla tv show uh not really no wasn't as much my thing Ugh, uh, i love the god <laughs> i know i, I know the godzilla tv show it's fine i'm a i'm just a, a secret godzilla head from birth i guess so. the old one uh i was i was more of a batman kid a animating x yeah. kid you know that Batman. yeah you're true that's true very true um but now when you i'm sorry but when you say the old when you say the godzilla show do you mean the one with godzuki um uh, the one with the theme song that is like up from the depths 30 stories high breathing fire his head in the sky godzilla you mean that one uh you know i i'm surprised that's the one i don't know it It was like a hanna-barbera cartoon or something of that age gosh i i recognize that theme song yeah, I'll be the first to admit it's been a minute since I've seen the Godzilla cartoon. That's fine. Uh, no, the uh, the Godzilla ca- cartoon was um it was like shortly after the the 1999 Godzilla movie. Um, ah, okay. uh, yes, it was Godzilla 2000 based off okay. of, off of Godzilla 2000 Godzilla the, the animated series. Yes. Yeah, it, it followed. No, a, I haven't seen this one. It followed a bunch of uh, like giant monster response team that worked with Godzilla. You see, mm. um, you know, going around fighting monsters. <laughs> yeah, they're coworkers with Godzilla. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like you do. And yeah, you know, you have the scientist, you have the pilot, you've got your giant kaiju. Uh, <laughs> Normal stuff. As, as it goes. Um, no. <laughs> anyway, real miss, you're really missing out, Lexi, for, for missing Godzilla the series there. Uh, as universally hated as the uh, Godzilla movie was that spawned this show, uh, the show's pretty good, so. Uh, all right, well, that's kind of... I guess, kind of talking about monsters, I, one thing I've noticed, and I think this might bring us over to Madoka Magica, is that <laughs> as cute as these shows are, they have some pretty visceral monster designs. They're pretty... Uh, yeah, they can get pretty... Totally distinct, I might say. They can get pretty dire, uh, I'd say. They're spooky mm-hmm. as hell. Yeah, uh, absolutely. For, for the, the magical girl shows. Is this fairly typical... For the um, like the genre, I think so. I it certainly can be monsters in magical girl shows can range from scary to silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, some Sailor Moon enemies get very silly. Uh, notably, there's one with just like a giant sneaker for their chest. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, sure, that's very. Again, they're distinct. We yeah. went over this, but that's very Power Rangers. Yeah. Is that you just are a big version of uh, a thing. But also in Sailor Moon, there are like just a straight up vampire yeah. who turns into clouds of bats and stalks Sailor Moon through the city. And that episode is fairly scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there is a range to it. One one thing I, I noticed with Sailor Moon uh, and Tokyo Mew Mew is that for as lighthearted and cute as the main parts of the show is, the second that mm-hmm. the monster shows up in those episodes, it's like a switch is flipped. It's like body mm-hmm. horror almost. Yeah, it can get... Uh, yeah, there definitely is uh, some level of body horror to it. Yeah, it can get... Kind of fun. 
it can get pretty I rough with uh with the monsters um and i think that is something that is kind of uh, a big part of magical girl series is just how dangerous uh things can mm-hmm. get uh with them like in like uh to me a big standout is um Simpho gears uh that show can get just really really rough oh yeah so many people die in Simpho gears <laughs> it's 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 wild oh, no. like uh, in, in the first episode, a, an entire concert of people just mm-hmm. like eat it uh, oh, right geez. off the bat. It's uh, it can be it it can it it gets rough in Simpho Gears, but it's it's a it, it's an interesting show. It's a good show, I I think. Uh... All right. Well, I guess in this vein. Because I want to talk about sort of the monster witch designs in Madoka Magica. Mm-hmm. I am sensing, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I'm sensing that maybe we disagree on this show, perhaps. Yeah. Um. So I am here. I am the Madoka Defender. The Madoka Defender is here. It's me. You're the Defender. Yeah. Uh, You've logged on. I've logged on. And I am the Madoka Magica Disrespector. I've logged on. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Um, I, I won't argue that Madoka Magica has an amazing art design team. Yeah. Like, incredible. stylistically, it is very cool. Um, yeah, uh, That's do, about the nicest thing I can say about this show. <laughs> I do really appreciate the, the monster design as something that we talked about as I watched the first two episodes. I think the... Uh, paper craft aspects of the of the animation uh, and monster design is really cool Mm -hmm. Um, i I think that's all very very interesting so um well i we all have heard uh, why lexi likes and respects madoka magica but i would be interested (laughs) to hear what are maybe some of your chief complaints about it to sort of color my decision Mm -hmm. um it's hard for me to explain this without getting into like spoiler territory. Sure. That's fair. But chief among them, I would say that I don't think Madoka Magica is a magical girl show. Oh. I think it is a horror show that uses magical girl aesthetics and trappings. Interesting. That's kind of fascinating. Um, hmm. that kind of, that makes sense. I did get that kind of vibe. I only watched the first two episodes, but I definitely mm-hmm. got that, uh, vibe from it. Definitely, definitely more sinister than the other three shows that, uh, we did watch. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense why I am, uh, a big proponent of it, because if there is anyone to be uh, a big fan of like horror and magical girls and just be like, yeah, put the, these things uh should go together i like them both why not let's do it i'm i'm here for it uh lexi said two great tastes that go great together yeah it's like you got chocolate in my peanut butter uh yeah here i here i am i i just love both these things i i i'd like to see them get along why not do you think the horror aspects of it undercut the? I, I, you were talking about sort of the the themes of magical girl uh, anime. Do you think the horror aspects undercut that and just make it like totally not a magical girl? Um, 
I wouldn't say it's specifically the horror aspects. I think horror and Magical Girl can coexist. There are definitely episodes of like Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura that have horror elements mm-hmm. to them. It can Absolutely. be very scary. Um, ultimately, the thing that I makes me say that Monica Magica isn't a magical girl show is that it's not about empowering girls and it's fundamentally not about them working together. Mm, mm. That that definitely seems true for uh, the, the bit that I've seen, the lore that I understand from those first two episodes. Yeah. yeah. It's an outright competition. Yeah, in in what we've seen, it is definitely an outright competition between the girls that's what it uh qb is uh setting up and like you see a lot of times where uh you are wishing for them to work together and think things would be uh going better if they could just get past their differences and uh work together uh, <laughs> but they never do <laughs> they 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 the, and sometimes they do they they um there are times where uh, they come together and they are working together and it's good. Um, but it, I, it's it. One of the things we touched on in our Modica episode and like one of the things that compels me about it is that it is a uh, a tragic magical girl show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at least to me. Uh, and I think like one of the interesting things about the tragedy is that. Uh, all of these girls have their like driving focus. They're these core, these valorous parts of them that like can lead them astray in interesting ways. And how these dynamics build and bounce off each other, and how all of these girls are connected and interact. And really, that's the thing that like really appeals to me about Modica is the relationships between all of these girls. I think is uh how they like grow to care for another uh, you know each other or are revealed to care Mm. for each other um but i'm trying not to say too (laughs) much here yeah don't it's it's (laughs) um i i can definitely see where you're coming from with that i think uh part of it is i have zero faith or charity for anything that Gen Urobochi, who wrote Madoka Magica, I don't like anything he creates. He's shown throughout his work that he uh, does not like women. He enjoys the suffering of women. And he's on the record as saying that happiness is an illusion. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've I've never really dug into uh, Gen Urobochi. I'm not sure what all he's done, but I... I am the kind of person who uh, just kind of reads into what I see put in front of me, and I I didn't get any of that from Madoka, at least not to I, me. That's interesting. If you, I would be curious to see his body of work, because um, I, I, as I'm sure you have already looked at it, uh, Alice, but it's <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine that you can start drawing some pretty clear lines between some themes of his work. Uh, at some point yeah um i yeah um he's worked on a lot of stuff so there's a lot in there but i don't know how deep we want to go into my personal vendetta against gen or about 
or well, Chi. Eventually, I am sure that again, time is so long, and mm-hmm. we're all going to live forever, and I'll watch you know completely through so many different shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think eventually we'll watch, even if we don't pick it today, we'll watch all the way through Madoka. Oh yeah, Magica. We'll, we'll watch Madoka. Uh, I'd be interested to hear maybe after, whenever this happens we finish that we'd be interested to have you back on if you'd be willing and just talk talk to me at length about uh why his failings and sort of the consequences of of writing the way he does i would be i would be interested in i I would too honestly Um, i mean if you want to activate my modico ramp trap card later on then (laughs) yeah sure invite me back on the show i think that's good radio i'll 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 throw for content sure let's uh Okay, between between Tokyo Mew Mew and Madoka mm-hmm. Magica, cards on the table. I liked Madoka Magica more than I I liked Tokyo Mew Mew. They're doing interesting, incredibly different things. Um, hard to compare the two. Yeah, for real. I think um, stylistically, I liked Madoka Magica. Yeah, I mean. Maybe it, more than Tokyo Mew Mew. It's a very mm-hmm. stylish show. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I will the, also know Madoka has the advantage of being the most recent series. Yes, uh, Mew Mew came out in two thousand. Madoka came out in two thousand eleven. So there's yeah. like a ten year. Yeah, gap. that's why it looks gap. <laughs> so there's better technology and computers to help sure. with the animation and everything yeah i think that that puts it like very early on in the um oh the i'm i'm searching for words uh the digital the digital animation uh era of anime was like just mm. starting yeah it um i think it it was definitely produced around the time when that shift was happening which I'm sure we've all seen some shows that look pretty awkward as people start adopting the computers and mm-hmm. seeing yeah. what they can and can't do yet. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I watched the, all the Transformers shows where they, I watched Beast Wars. Um, <laughs> I, th- okay. So I think we would have more to talk about with Madoka Magica. I think there are yeah. more here for us to discuss than mm-hmm. Tokyo Mew Mew would be in the long run, just since we're not super... Lexi, you're not super familiar with it. Uh, Alice, you're not super familiar with it. That's I very fair. I'm kind of wondering if there'd be more here to discuss good and bad. Sounds like there's quite a bit of bad maybe to go through <laughs> with Madoka Magica. Um, um, <laughs> I think that might win win here. Okay. Sh- oh, boy, that's a tough tough final matchup. Um, It'll be interesting. Maybe, uh, should we take maybe a quick break and then come back for the, our, uh, our uh, final match between Cardcaptor Sakura and Madoka Magica? Yeah, let's take a breather and we will take a quick break.
After uh, tidying up some technical difficulties, we are back from break and re-entering uh, the ring with Madoka Magica and card captor Sakura. Uh, Heavyweights, both, I would say. Um, yeah, it's this is an interesting pair. Um, I, okay, peek behind the curtain, uh, Alice. I never make up my mind beforehand of what I'm going to do when we come into these tournaments. It's one of his greatest strengths, Mm -hmm. his ability to just not think about this at all. To just not (laughs) think about it at all. So I don't burn podcast off microphone. Um, Gee, I don't have an answer between these two. It is... I... I will say that's a difficult one. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. What's go ahead. interesting about the two that we have in the finals here is that these are the two series that were created by collectives instead of yeah. individuals. Mm. These. So Cardcaptor Sakura is created by Clamp, whereas Madoka Magica is created by Magica Quartet. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting like thing, the like Clamp. Uh, as I explained in our card capture, Sakura is a uh, all female uh, group that mm-hmm. like makes uh, makes manga and anime, and like the, they're an interesting group that has like made a whole bunch of like really interesting stuff. Um, but uh, uh, Magica Quartet, like the. As far as I know, the thing that they do is make Madoka Magica stuff. I mean, I yeah, guess that... they were pretty much assembled because someone wanted to make a magical girl show. Um, Akiyuki Shinbo. Ah, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Wikipedia. I don't know this off the top. Of um. Head. That's um, that. There he is. I know. We know. No, uh, I I do uh, know that guy because Akiyuki Shimbo is a big name in Shaft. Shaft is um, mm-hmm. my girlfriend's like personal favorite uh, animation studio, uh, anime studio. Um, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I am very familiar with his work in. Um, Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei and uh, the Monogatari series, um, which all all of these things are like <laughs> they're wild and have problems and are interesting and like very stylish as well. It's like of course that is that is one of the things with Shaft is like. They they create stuff that is weird and interesting and has problems, I would say. <laughs> a lot of meat on the bone for us to discuss then, I, in, uh, in podcasting mm-hmm. land, at least. Um, I will say that there, that, uh, Madoka, that, uh, Cardcaptor Sakura is not without its problems as well in, uh, Oh, I'm sure we'll get to those. That's that's an anime before the year 2000 that started. So I'm sure that we'll we'll find uh, find mm-hmm. those ready and yeah. waiting. Um, but 
one of the things that I do want to point out is uh, that we have chosen the two shows that uh, are like actually pretty, uh, pretty ex- like fairly explicitly explicitly queer. I would say, um, like it is very evident that um, the two girls in Madoka Magica, uh, not. Ma- Card capture Sakura. Um, okay. Uh, Sakura's uh, friend is very obviously has feelings for her. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I've talked uh, briefly about how her brother and the older boy uh, Sakura has a crush on early in this series. Uh, like mm-hmm. they actually are dating, and like there is a conversation about that in the show um and like i think that it is a little less clear but very heavily like very heavy subtext in madoka about the relationship between the girls that's going on i mean they certain there are certainly a lot of uh bits that they do in madoka magica yeah they sure do a whole lot of bits about it (laughs) Uh, um i i would like to briefly push back sailor moon is also textually queer you don't meet the characters who are explicitly queer until like the second season but sailor uranus and neptune are in i would be remiss and have a polycule with pluto where they raise uh i would be remiss to not uh, mention the the two icons they that they are yeah um you did you did tell me up front uh presumably because you were so excited you couldn't wait for me to stumble upon it as we watched through the show uh that you're like uh this one uh i am begging you to watch the uh sub and not the dub as is your as your normal way to watch anime because Mm -hmm. it overwrites a lot of the uh queer themes of the show and i was like all right for you lexi Um, yeah uh my understanding of that is so there's two english dubs of sailor moon they redubbed it um when sailor moon crystal was being released and i believe the new dub does keep in a lot of the queer context that was edited out during the original release I, i didn't know about this um uh, but that's good to know. Um, I, I am perhaps unpopularly, you, I err towards the, uh, dub. Uh, <laughs> I, Lexi usually watches the sub and I, I think it's an interesting thing to compare the two. And also, uh, I uh, have a hard time managing, <laughs> focusing long enough to mm-hmm. to like read and in like and take it in at the same time i'm very fidgety so i have to i have to like be able to redirect my my brain uh and reading and watching tv is sometimes hard for that for me different um, oh that's completely fair uh, yeah it's it's very hard to watch a sub and have anything else going on oh while yeah watching. yes um um that's interesting. I should look into that actually because I think that would be really interesting as a, 
uh, to watch across from the sun. Yeah. So, um, but uh, that that is. I don't know where I was going with that sentence, um, <laughs> but I think okay between between Madoka Magica and Cardcaptor Sakura, I am kind of leaning between towards Cardcaptor Sakura, um, just because I think that the way Alice has described Madoka Magica as. Uh, having if not if not a magical girl show at least being fused with a horror magical girl plus horror and i really feel like i would benefit in watching that after i get some foundational Mm -hmm. magical girl like like a quote-unquote true magical girl um show just so i can get some of the the themes that that magical girl shows are playing with um so that that would be my argument for card capture sakura uh what do what do we all think as a as a table because obviously i am malleable like clay uh, <laughs> i'm completely beholden to what you think is correct for me. um i i think that is probably a pretty wise decision honestly i the the reason madoka is even here is because it is one a, a show that is like dear to my heart I I talked on my episode about it how I came to Madoka like when I was very depressed and needed something to like watch and like distract myself and it was that thing for me in that time um and like it's uh, a a piece of media that is definitely has its flaws but it uh, is something that i go back to often when i am feeling low uh and i thought i would be remiss on my podcast to not bring it forth on a magical girl (laughs) tournament you're the boss here you're the anime sherlock okay i'm second fiddle here yeah i you make the i just throw whatever i want on here like yeah, no one's called you on it yet, and no one ever will, because I don't know enough to be like, hmm. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is what the guests are for. Um, but yeah, that that totally makes sense to me that you that you would make that call, Holden. I yeah I I I think you know as as uh, as the issues in both I, I think I think the issues that we run into. Uh, through a modern viewing of card capture sakura will be mm-hmm. different from the madoka magical ones but i think they might be um illustrative or uh, of the issues that we might run into i i don't know having not seen both um but i think the context uh will be clear for me at least going into a madoka magica watch fully um in a way that i might be but might be dazzled with uh some really cool animation uh, and papercraft stuff. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. It it has been a long time since I've watched more than the first two episodes of Card Captor Sakura, mm-hmm. so I can't particularly say for sure the series has aged well. But I think uh, overall, it probably isn't anything too offensive. 
Sure. Um, even even if it's aged yeah. poorly, I still think that's an interesting, yeah. um, interesting to see how. You know, a pretty a pretty popular. Correct me if I'm series wrong. Series from the time. Yeah. yeah, series from the time has has we formed formed a basis and then has has shifted as we've as we've mm-hmm. gone along. So I, I think that would be interesting. Yeah, and uh, it means we get to talk a bit uh, more about uh, card captors. The uh, the <laughs> with the uh, the the English dub that was released out yeah. of order. <laughs> yeah, we did we did receive a a an angry email, a scathing uh, critique of the the card captors uh, sub through this one. I think is Kids mm-hmm. WB uh, that was not. Held back, no punches. It was yeah, uh, <laughs> fully, fully cut out a, a whole half of the of the series, mixed around episodes, um, like tried to make it an ensemble cast when the show is mostly about Sakura. Mm-hmm. It was watching Card Captors when it released on television in English was a <laughs> <laughs> you you would watch. And she would use cards that she didn't have yet because they were released out of order. Right. You're like, that's not... <laughs> Wait a minute. Didn't... Where'd she get that card from? Wait a minute. Did I just... Did I miss an episode? I've heard that, that sometimes they would intercut, like, that... The episode where she caught... Where she got the card, like, into mm-hmm. into the episode. Just as, like, a little oh, no. flashback <laughs> to... Yeah. Like, remember, you totally did this already. Yes, yeah, happening off camera she got a really cool card that helped her win this fight um yeah i i'm definitely all in favor of card captor sakura uh strongly support that decision uh one of the particular things i like about it is because so much of the show's fashion is in the outfits tomoyo provides sakura to wear while capturing cards it plays on the like reused transformation and spell casting sequences mm-hmm. because sakura is in a different outfit yeah. so often that it's not just canned animation like it would be in sailor moon or I, presumably tokyo Mew Mew. one of the things that i did think was funny was that the magical curl transformation is completely self-imposed there is no transformation she just has powers all the time it's her very uh, enthusiastic friend that insists on her changing into outfits, uh, which is uh, very funny to me. I think that's uh, I think that's a fun, fun mm-hmm. way to do I, it. I like it. I also like it when uh, there just comes times where Tomio doesn't have time to prepare, so Sakura's just got to go in what she's mm-hmm. wearing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like... It's very hard for me to not love a show about Sakura who, like in Sailor Moon, is like, no, this is dangerous and scary and I don't Mm want to do it, but I guess I have to do it. So let me rollerblade (laughs) up this wall and jump onto a giant bird to catch it. so glad you brought up the roller skates. Much like card games on motorcycles (laughs) took the nation by storm, I would argue that card battles on roller skates is better. Um, There... I I do love we talked a bit about this about um how skilled 
each of our protagonists were in their in their magical girl duties in each episode mm-hmm. with card capture like going into it being very afraid and like having very little abilities of her own but still getting the job done like she she's just like goes goes at that bird and is able to jump on its back like she's straight out of um oh i can't believe i'm blanking on this the playstation <laughs> game roller, roller um jet stream radio jet set radio jet yes set. okay i i really appreciate it because at some point as i was going through this um i think tokyo Mew Mew was the one that said uh this is an automatic this is like once you become a magical girl, the phrases and things you need to do become like a, an automatic mm-hmm. ability that you get uh, for becoming a magical girl. Um, but I I did think it was uh, interesting that basically you become a magical girl and you get like a, a, a power or a phrase that you say that does something magical. Um, but it's just like a, a knee-jerk thing. You just know it all of a sudden. Uh, whereas... Uh, Whereas Sakura is like, I don't know how I'm going to catch this big bird, but I do know how to roller skate, so maybe that'll be, be useful. Uh, she doesn't have like a um, a transformation like phrase or uh, like a. Uh, Carol Barros teaches her the incantation she uses to transform the key into her yeah, wand. Yeah, that is true. That is, true. and also that is the true. spell to seal the cards. That is true. I I just like that it's a. Um, she's got to maybe think think through a uh where yeah i'm sure this happens in sailor moon too but the first two episodes play out pretty much exactly the same Mm -hmm. where she walks in says the phrase that she needs to do and then beats the bad guys whereas uh sakura has to like okay well the my first attempt didn't work so maybe i'll turn on all the stadium lights and trap the shadow monster and then i'll then i can use a card i don't know there's a little oh yeah uh, Sailor Moon is probably more formulaic in that way. There are episodes where she gets creative with how she's fighting monsters, but Cardcaptor Sakura is much more about here's the challenge, these are the tools that I have. How am I going to do this? Um, I have a question for uh, you, Alice. Um, sure. So it just uh, occurred to me that I I have this theory that I've, I've kind of developed as I've been thinking about Sailor Moon and, like, ha- as we've been talking about these, like, knee-jerk phrases and reactions, I think I am very certain that uh, in the name of the moon, I will punish you is just a thing Usagi thinks is cool to say, and she came up with herself. Yeah, yeah no, Usagi is a 14-year-old girl. She definitely said that because she thought it made her sound and look cool. Um, to be fair to her, it, it kind of yeah. goes hard. Yeah, it kind of yeah. goes hard. Because, <laughs> like, she does give an impromptu speech each episode about how dare you <laughs> toy with people's passion for what they care about or their feelings of love for the people that they have a crush mm-hmm. on. Which I, I think that's nice. That's good. I think that's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you should come with a speech prepared, yeah. If you're going to do the magical fighting. there's a, there's a, This is a genre that has a lot of speeches about 
um being mm, going food some good fucking food <laughs> let me get it. just feed me the speech i good, love to hear uh, it. about uh friendship and uh the power of it and the love and Absolutely. the connections we have oh, and yeah I want to hear your thesis statement before we do battle. Let's do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm 100% there. Um, but I I think that decides our tournament. We are going to go ahead with Cardcaptor Sakura for uh, for our next little bit of a study in Sakuya. Yeah, that's... I'm excited to get through it. This will be my first full Magical Girl show. I think there'll be some uh, some interesting things we can go over. I'm looking I'm looking forward to getting out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm I'm just glad that uh, that for the next little bit I get to listen to the uh, absolute banger that is the OP of Card Captor Sakura. It's really it's good. so good. It's really yeah. good. I, I was pleased to find that it had the original opening song on Crunchyroll and not the uh, <laughs> card captors opening song which goes hard in a different direction it's, yeah it's, the uh i know we've sort we sort of talked about tokyo Mew Mew briefly and then tossed it aside i accidentally for that episode watched maybe the first 10 minutes of the uh of the dub or or mm-hmm. nothing uh the but the the one that they did on like uh on, oh yeah Tokyo Mew Mew also had a kind yeah. of like chopped up condensed dub. I watched one easy. that was that was like totally for Americanized television mm-hmm. uh, before I was like, this isn't right. That the the OP for that one rules. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the most 2002 ass song you've ever heard it's so good <laughs> if i could if i could recommend everybody after this just go find the i don't even remember what it's called it's like Mew Mew uh is it Mew Mew power something or other it might be i think that's what it was called yeah yes it was if you just go listen to that it's some 2002 ass music but it's really surprisingly good um I just wanted to plug that before we move on and, and leave Tokyo Mew Mew in the dust for, mm-hmm. for who knows how long. I'm sure that the the Americanized version of your show was bad and different in <laughs> bad ways, but whoever came up with that, that OP, you got it. You nailed it. All right. Um, yeah. Um, well, uh, before we... I mean, as we wrap up, do you... We're gonna go into our outro bits and stuff, but Alice, do you have anything to plug here? Do you? Uh, what do I have to plug right now? Um, I'm Alice Kira. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Magical Girl Kira. Uh, I will be talking about whatever I do on there. I don't think I have anything I can announce right now. Um. I do have like some actual play stuff coming out hopefully in the next couple months, but I don't know where the like NDA unofficial and I haven't actually signed anything, but like unofficial don't talk about this yet until we're ready uh-huh. status is. Well, everybody that's listening absolutely should go check that out. Uh, as, <laughs> as uh, people who enjoy, enjoy, both of us an actual play uh podcast or a live uh stream mm-hmm. i 
can only imagine how much work it is. So you, everybody should absolutely go check <laughs> yeah, it out. Yeah, we sure. were, were a couple of uh, diehards for all things tabletop. So it was wonderful to have uh, a member of the um, live uh, actual play uh, community like on the podcast to talk about anime with us that was very fun i i know you also have talked about uh magical girl shows on other podcasts as well uh but mm-hmm. uh yeah it was it was uh wonderful yeah. to have you on it was great to be here and i look forward to coming back to go in depth about why i so thoroughly dislike Madoka Magica. <laughs> we're just Every time we get to it, (laughs) it's so funny. Every time we have a guest on, uh, inevitably they're always like, "And if you ever cover this, bring me back because I got some shit to say about it." (laughs) So uh, I am delighted to to mark you down whenever we inevitably get to Madoka Magica to um, just actually have you argue with Lexi all podcast, (laughs) and then I can just I just lay back (laughs) and have a cold beverage. Every now and then chime in and be like, I don't know, everybody. I thought I thought it was pretty good. And then just let you go. Oh. That's hosting right there. That's what I that's what I aim for. Well, uh, I mean, that's we, how I GM. It's just point the two players at each other and say, OK, you settle it out. I'm going to sit back. I'm so glad that you all. Said this. I'm like, <laughs> it's just me. I just ask questions to my players and then yeah. I just burn 40 minutes as as they answer it. It's so so nice play amongst yourselves and you'll inevitably come up with something that i can throw at you later yeah if you have a question then just ask me but in the meantime this seems like a you problem (laughs) hey you can ask me any question you want i am going to redirect it to another player (laughs) that's so crazy you know who would know a lot about this is somebody else uh oh what's their name i don't know jeff what is that what is their name that's uh, it's this is in this is in Lexi's sphere. Maybe we should ask Lexi what, what she I thinks. will always have thoughts uh, uh, on this, uh, as as is evident by me just handing the GM uh, uh, homework that I've done myself about like things in, in the setting <laughs> by playing games separately. It is good. And I got one of my, my players who has only uh, played with us uh, in, into a solo RPG that he did uh, for homework so fucking got another one got him um uh, <laughs> but anyway if you want to hear uh holden and i ramble about our experiences with tabletop gaming more uh you can find us on twitter i'm on twitter at hex of lexi uh, and I'm on twitter.com at not underscore dare. You can also find this podcast at Sakugapod on Twitter. You can email this podcast at Sakugapod at gmail.com. Uh, we'd like to, while uh, we have everybody here, thank uh, Rainbow Lithium for providing the artwork for the show. Uh, we look great in it, obviously. I say this every time <laughs> I bring it up, but never looked hotter in paint digital or otherwise uh i also did the artwork for the show so if you really uh like our our little logo up there i did um so if you really wanted to give me a compliment you could we all think it's great you're listening to the show you think it's great um but i won't turn down a compliment we also won't turn down compliments in the comments section of apple Podcasts or whatever streaming service you use (laughs) yes compliments or a five-star review we'll take either we're not Mm -hmm. picky it's your it's your review. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, anything to help fight the algorithm really does help because uh, it's confusing out there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, another thing that is confusing is knowing whether or not you can bring up a podcast to your friends in person, <laughs> which <laughs> most of the t- most of the time answer is no. But in our case, I think the answer yes, would be yes. You should. Um, because word of mouth actually does do a lot, a uh, lot to get people to listen to stuff. Uh, absolutely. And especially this one where you can say, it's not just these two idiots this time. They have a knowledgeable <laughs> guest. <laughs> but. Hey, I thoroughly support the continuation of any podcast that will bring me on as a guest <laughs> repeatedly. Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, uh, with all of that business done and out of the way. I believe we can say we have studied the Sakuga, we have found the winner of the Magical Girl Tournament, and we can consider this case closed. Okay, Alice, final question. I don't know how familiar you are you are with Ben 10, but we got into a heated deba- debate on whether Ben 10 counts as a magical girl. Theoretically, would you mm. would you have an answer for that one way or the other? I would say Ben does not count as a magical girl. Gwen sometimes counts as a magical mm. girl. I know there's like four different Ben 10 series or something. There so are I... a lot of them. There are yeah. a lot of them. She does um, have, Gwen does have magic power. She sort of learns them organically. Mm-hmm. The only reason I bring it up is because of the transformation sequences in Ben yeah. 10. But I understand that might not be enough. It, it's... It's not quite the same thing. Uh, magical girls are like a subsection of superhero fiction. So there is going to be like overlap in the genres. And I'd say Ben 10 is firmly within superhero. Okay. So you think maybe not a distillation of superhero magical girls or maybe not a distillation of superheroes, but are definitely born from that. And Ben 10 just hasn't, hasn't been refined enough to be considered a magical girl. I am. Yeah, I think the theming of Ben 10 is very much a monster of the week focused mm. boy uses his cool alien watch and not so much uh, let's build the power of friendship and learn to find strength in our emotions and the creative endeavors that we are passionate about. Yeah, Ben, ben 10 asking the questions. What if a magical girl anime was a show anime? <laughs> I think there are other th- others uh, of those. I I think that's <laughs> Yeah, that's Simpho Gear. <laughs> I think uh Simpho Gear is too horny by half, but it is Yeah. Really good. <laughs> that's a fun show. Um Well, I'm glad that we got another professional's opinion on this, even though it was it did not agree with my final <laughs> <thought>, so. <laughs>